All right. Welcome to Old Dog New Tricks. Everyone has heard this saying before, but today we're going to put that theory to the test. My co-host John and I are focusing on the aftermath of the SBF debacle and regulations that are coming down the pipeline and what this means for you as a crypto investor. John, what have you been doing? It's been a while. It has been a little while, I have to say, Austin. But what a, that while has been a really interesting time in the in and around the crypto world. Yeah, since we've been laying there a little bit. We've been, uh, John's been working on his other real estate stuff. I've been doing the usual grind in the community, but yeah, we want to talk about just how these SBF has changed the way that governments see crypto. We've, we've seen how the media outlet has portrayed these events. We can talk about that. We can talk about what the coming regulations might be. We've seen some SEC stuff lately turning up onto stable coins and on centralized exchanges with their staking features, stuff like that. So go ahead and just talk about the media portrayal of all this. What do you, what are your thoughts on it from a OWG standpoint here? Well, that's a good place to start. It really is Austin. I have to say that I was, and it might come as most surprised for me to say this, I was really disappointed in the way the press handled this and covered this. Exactly. People from I have the benefit of having known you and your crypto world for over a year, and I have some fundamental understanding of crypto, and certainly probably a little bit better than the average OWG. But and because for those individuals and certainly younger people as well that have a less less understanding of the dynamics and the structural integrity of crypto, this is remarkably frightening. Right, particularly Absolutely. if you happen to have your savings on FTX and their seniors who were unlucky that way with regard 100%. to their- A lot of trust in these people. Yeah, wealth on FTX. But the media instantly, relatively instantly, yeah. precipitated such a profound misunderstanding and lack of understanding. It was really quite an insight to see how badly most of them got it. As to what yeah, it was, it's great to me. It's crazy and it's almost like laughable. The whole point of all of this has always been that the thing I preach the most is self custody, not your crypto, not your coins. If you don't have your seed phrase and you're not storing them properly, you're subjected to all of this because human error is the problem in this situation for the foreseeable future until there is something that is really easy to use in UI. This is still the Wild West, but. <clears throat> Yeah, the people that are trusting these things, and again, like we, we've talked about this, I lost like 50 ETH in KuCoin for a couple months, and I'm extremely lucky to get it back. But a lot of the FTX people are not going to be doing this, getting this back at all. Really disheartening. The part that was infuriating is that to communicate clearly about what actually happened would have been so simple. One statement, one an analogizing statement that was clear and succinct would have put a lot of people at ease, something like this is analogous to if E-Trade or Fidelity or Vanguard had a bad actor inside and they manipulated and used your personal funds inappropriately and in fact criminally. And so to the extent that you don't have some insurance, there's going to be some losses there. Not but the whole the entirety of the stock market was affected and they're the entirety of the stock market and all stocks are a problem. It was portrayed that. And now the dollar is actually worth 60 cents. 
Yeah. like that, right? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. But no, they it was crazy to see both sides of it too. Like one side of the media portrayal was, hey, everybody, it's just a young boy. He made a, he had a couple of mistakes. And then the other, uh, the other side is the complete opposite of crypto is terrible. And you can see the agendas on both sides. If you actually know what you're looking for, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 And it just goes to show you what, who probably, CM is probably got a little bit of raging sociopath in him. What one in that position with that mental machinery can actually do. And I was particularly interesting to see the contagion and the diminishing value of crypto as a function of a platform problem. And, and kudos to you, by the way, because some of my OWG friends were spared the pain and agony. Kudos to you for recommending, if not insisting, the use of hard wallets. And I'll have, I'll just remind you if I haven't said it enough, every one of my OWG friends absolutely detests they are extraordinary. <laughs> the necessary things. evil at this point. It, it, the irony of them, they're like, how can you have such a dinosaur-like method of holding your wealth when the very nature of that wealth is essentially a mathematical operation, super advanced, out there, IT, crypto. Yeah. <laughs> Which should be so streamlined and so easy and so beautiful. And it's just such a blunt instrument. It's just a baseball bat to the, uh, yeah. to the senses, pretty much. So my OWG friends, uh, thank you for putting that albatross around their neck. You just did one that day. Perfect. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I called a couple of people. I'm like, uh-oh, this is not going to be uh, good. Make sure everyone didn't have anything on here. I, I've, again, we've talked about this before. We've, I recommended FTX at a time because guess what? It was super easy to use. I said Coinbase, FTX, and Gemini were like the three that I recommended. And it's always that, oh, they're just too big to fail. They can't do it. But look at banks that fail. Look at, it's, nothing is too big to fail. There's always bad actors in most spaces because people are inherently greedy. So it's definitely something to be mindful of. But the realistically, we're talking about the aftermath of all this. We, most people in the space have already heard the SBF story to death. So let's talk about what's happening with government's action on these things. Recently, we've seen Kraken coming under investigation. They just settled with the SEC to close down their whole staking mechanism the, for people to stake their ETH and any proof of stake tokens through their platform. Gemini is also in the same similar situation with Janet. They had a lot of their Gemini Earn platform people get wrapped up in the lending and whole, all of this debacle out like a 1.5 billion ETH, something like that. We're seeing it across the board. The only one that hasn't come under the screw yet on that side looks to be Coinbase. They seem to have the proper paperwork and everything needed to allow their staking mechanism still. Again, shout out to them. They've always, and again, he's Brian Armstrong, who is the CEO of Coinbase, has came out recently to say specifically that they are... Here, they have enough power to wield that when the SEC is not doing something that they think is in the right vein for the health of the markets and stuff like that, or not health of the market, but just the health of the ecosystem that they're going to stand up for these things. We're coming into a pretty big battle, I would say, with the regards to the ecosystem. We saw, again, the Paxos, which is the issuer for Binance, the token, their BUSD, which is like their stablecoin. With Cunningham's scrutiny, Circle may be in the crosshairs, which is the USDC issuer. And these are all coming down the pipeline. Binance, Binance.com, 
not Binance.us, but the .com that's global had their Silvergate banking pretty much restricted. So they're not able to do withdrawals with USDC and USD dollars going to direct to bank accounts. So there's definitely a overarching breakdown or closing of the trap on these people tightening the screws on all of the, what they deem possibly a security. We've seen it happening and it's just really slow motion, but yeah, it's happening. Yes, I'd have to say that from my perspective overall, and I'm hopeful that the good will outweigh the bad, but I sure. see two trends unfolding simultaneously. One is in order to be more competitive and survive more regulation, the Coinbase's and Binance's of, of the world are going to have to be, will have to get better at transparency, better at security, and also better with regard to insurance products. And that's something that the OWG clan is, were raised on that. Yeah, insurance. You know, with fiat dollars. You put them in the bank. And it wasn't a lot of, them. It wasn't a lot, of, lot of insurance, depending upon your actual holdings, but at least yeah, sure. there were... There was some security blanket there. You would got like $250,000 covered out of the loss or most yeah. of the crypto ones are you're just wiped out and you get, a, you get attacked. Yeah, I remember at one point my wife and I had, because we're tied into that FDIC insurance thing a lot, we had a lot of different accounts, a lot of banks, just because all the, the maximums. The I maxes, think. yeah. You don't have so much, yeah. Yeah. So then that kind of went, the, went with the passage of time. But the point is that you have OWGs raised on that as an assumption. And the banks, I think, were very clever in marketing that as additional security for you to leave your money here as opposed to there. 100%. We'll see the exchanges move in that direction, be perhaps more clever about it. Also, I think another area that they'll move into is when you do, and you touched on this, maybe you could say a little bit more about when you touched on staking, the big risk arena there is your contract risk when you're staking. And I think yeah. that the Coinbase, I'll just say Coinbase at all, is going to put attention on that as well, because essentially that's the earnings piece. And if you think about how banks historically to the older generation have been valuable is even if you're not in the in the stock market you put your money in a, a savings account or a money market and you get some return on it beyond it just sitting there and yeah, i'll just call staking the functional equivalent of that but with that you have the contract risk associated with staking i think that we see more be there to give the end user a greater source of security that are minimizing their contract risk and they'll also probably augment that with some insurance products as well. It's my guess. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see that in the future. This, I'm a big fan of staking. I've been doing it for a long time. I think it holds a ton of value in terms of just like that passive creation of wealth. I think it is plays a huge role. But yeah, I do agree that there is, it's not, it's not risk-free. There's definitely risk anytime that you're getting any type of return there it's it's always more risk associated with those things realistically we're looking at you have a couple of areas of possible risk right if you're staking with a company obviously they have inherently risk there, there's a the, the, the honeypot everyone's staking with them that's a big a big wallet for people to put a crosshair on if you actually go the route of self-custodied staking, learning how to run nodes and do this all yourself, a lot less risk 
for on the contract side, but more risk of possible what they call slashing, because if you have downtime, if your internet goes down or something like that, you can't get your servers back up. There's a risk there because you get penalized for each block that you miss on uptime. Some of those staking platforms do provide a uh, pretty much a like a like insurance to that for the staking mechanism. So like Rocket Pool is one I recommend. Those are ones if you don't know what you're doing on the staking side. Yeah, Rocket Pool is huge. Lido Finance is really good. So those are decentralized, not centralized exchanges, but decentralized networks of people combining to create nodes themselves. So one person has 16 ETH. The other one is just a pool of 16 ETH to create the 32 ETH node. The one with 16 gets a little bit more incentives to run the node and have uptime and have an, pretty much like insurance stored into their their node for the other pooled members. And I think that one will play a really big role in the future of how staking will function as a, a little bit more decentralized, a little less risky than centralized exchanges, and you're still able to get good reward. That's one of the one I've been looking at or recommending mostly lately. But yeah, I agree. It's every time that you have these functions, there is risk. But yeah, and over a long period of time, if you're not moving money around and you're just holding out and letting these things appreciate with the viewpoint of that five-year, 10-year mark in, your, in the crosshairs, these things will perform extremely well, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. And one of the things that would be um, useful if it happened in the industry, maybe it's a role for crypto crier. I don't know, but I know I could miss news articles. That's for sure. But to this day, and here we are, what, three months, almost three months beyond the apocryphal day of Sam Bankman Friedman and yeah, it's been about since November or so. Yeah, it's been yeah, about three months. Three um, and a half months. Yeah. And I have yet to see the press circle around or big press with distribution circle around and offer a clear, corrected message from the message that were messages that were initially sent out. It'll never come. It's always past the news cycle, but it's, it's a shame because there, there really needs to be a beacon of truth in the crypto world because it more than other things and concepts is susceptible to misunderstanding. Oh yeah. 100%. You know? and, the, and you can tell the, uh, the outlook of the general public. I'm a big talker when I'm going out and talking to people and just like in public, I'm very open and very uh, not like pushing gender or anything like that, but like I just ask people to get like a, what they thought, what they think. I always say, oh, I work in crypto. What are your thoughts? They're like, oh, you must be down. Are you, how you even have a house or what's going on? You can just tell like the reaction. They're like, oh, you're in crypto. I'm sorry to hear that. But uh, you can definitely see the, yeah, the agenda is, that's been completely 180 since the previous year when everyone's like, holy, you must be loaded. You're so rich right now, I bet. So it's funny to see like the reactions of what people say. And yeah, yeah the news that they get is very, very uninformed. And it's just, it's sad to be honest, because it's, I think, again, this is one of the most, one of the largest opportunities for wealth redistribution to the average person versus the current system. So I, again, I think these, we've seen how seriously affected by inflation currently, no matter the wealthy obviously are less affected, but like the people who don't have these investments aren't able to have accredited investing accounts, aren't able to participate in large investments are literally losing eight to 10% year over year right now. When you're able to have good, 
you could technically, you can be staking with like a hundred bucks nowadays. That, that's the beauty of crypto. It's as small and as little as you want it to be. But yeah, back to just the off my soapbox and I'm always hop on really quickly. It's again, we've seen these things. I do think the, the path that we are going down now in terms of what the government is looking to do and actually get these things regulated so that we can have a equitable and a sound future for the American people, I think is very important. Again, we haven't seen a ton of that on the SEC side. We, they, again, the shutdown for the Kraken was and the current like trajectory of people they're trying to go after, to me, seems very short-sighted, not looking with the intent of longevity to similar how they did with internet. I think they, they made a lot of choices to have like free and open internet. And one of the reasons that US is so successful is because of the dot-com boom and our laxity on those regulations surrounding them, right? So again, if we're going down this pathway, open and free blockchain usage is probably paramount and key to the, like the, to reduce the friction between all of these things. And we've seen people who are accepting it prosper and do pretty well. Again, we've El Salvador, I think it produced an additional $400 million worth of revenue that they weren't expecting to produce. They're We've talked about this before. Their main export was t-shirts. They had their actual GDP is super tiny. Now they're able to use, utilize these things. They produce the volcano bonds. They're actually producing something for as a country. That's not just uh, like a wearable good. It's something that can be transferred and maintained very easily. We've seen the Russia actually. So Russia just actually came out. Russia just actually came out and did a subsidized a crypto mining company in Siberia and is putting 30,000 additional mining units. And this is going to be like a government sanctioned thing. So Russia is now getting into the blockchain and ha mining these currencies. So again, I think that the more that we are behind on these things, which is coming pretty quickly. Again, we have South Korea has a full framework. Sweden has a full framework. Russia has a full framework. China has been having a framework. It's a negative framework, but they have a framework, right? Like they, they know they, what their intent is with crypto. And I think that the more that we dance around and not actually create these things, the worse it is for the people that are participating in. Do I hear between your words, the call for a crypto lobby? 100%. Yeah, there's definitely, there is a couple of those out there already. I participate in one lobby DAO. That's literally just a exactly what it sounds it is. It's like a group of people looking to push the further acceptance of crypto through these things. I think that it's going to be something that plays in a huge role. But again, it's been like devastated because the person who was the closest to regulators, the only person to actually sit down with SEC and Gary Gensler. Well, that's yeah. So he literally ruined it for everybody, shot him, you know. And I don't know what the intentions are between these things, like behind closed doors, but it's not a great picture, right? Like it's yes. even from just an outside standpoint, this is the only person that's ever been allowed to have meetings and personal meetings with SEC. Coinbase is always talking about how they're willing to open up their doors. We just want something to be on paper, regulated. It's not gray area anymore. We want black and we've seen a ton of this come out. And again, the only person to ever sit down was the largest fraudster in human history. When he opens so, doors. Yeah. 
And again, you see the donation coming out of SBF, 40 million to Democrats, 40 million to Republicans, largest presidential campaign, I know not largest, but I think it was like third largest campaign donor. There's a lot of money being tossed around in higher positions. And you can see that just how we're talking about in the media, right? You can see the who got the most benefit or most reward out of these things is pretty much the what channel, depending which channel you you watch or, or use for your news, you can tell right. who got some money. With regard to crypto flourishing in the US, what's important is that people in positions of lawmaking and decision-making see it as an instrumental in some way, shape, or form to our competitive viability vis-a-vis other 100%. companies. That's a big thing. I mean, it's, the, it's still the essence of America. If we're seen as falling behind, if we're seeing as yesterday's, really yesterday's news, in so doing, making ourselves more, more vulnerable to being owned or, or by or subjugated to other countries, that tends to get our attention. Right. And I think it's one 100%. of the aspects as to how it needs to be sold that can be demonstrated. And I think actually your analogy to the internet, parts of the development of the, throughout the 80s, 90s and beyond, we didn't jump on it regulation wise. We didn't jump on it. In- we didn't smother it. We let it stoke its own flame and let it go where it wanted to go What's- and guided it a little bit. And that's not happening at all with current regulation standards or it's just constantly, ah, we don't know what they are, but that wasn't it. We're suing yeah. you. That wasn't it. That's not good. Yeah. It's like, why? That doesn't make any sense. Just sit down and write something. You fire out bills all day long, thousands and thousands of pages. Why can't you spend all this extra money that you got sloshing around, focus some people on crypto? Obviously it's a big deal. You can make a ton of money off of it. Crypto is... Very easily trackable. You can tax the bejesus out of it. You're already doing that anyways, because that's just how it works. But you can just have focused, you can collect a lot more, I'm sure, if you actually had some regulation on these things. It's just, it's crazy to me, but. Yeah, that ultimately have to be a critical mass of crypto fans and crypto knowledgeable individuals that can get themselves into positions of power or access to people with power to to move it along. And that's really an important message, I think, for your age generation with regard to the leaders in crypto. There's a lot of opportunity there, but but also it's, as we would say in New England, it's a road, but it's not without potholes. <laughs> yeah, especially up there, old Massachusetts, pothole capital world over there. Yeah. Quite a distinction. Uh, but... Yeah, it's definitely something that's going to be a long, arduous journey for sure. But uh, hopefully we get some good news out of that front. Hey, one anything thing else you wanted to talk on? Let's see. Pardon me? Is it anything else? Go ahead. You got yeah, to just a parting comment. I said we're running short on time, but a parting comment. Yeah. And that is that my, my personal experience in with Sam Bankman-Friedman and the whole debacle and the way it played out from an investor's standpoint, it reminded me very much of COVID-19 and its arrival. I just happened to have a background and knowledge and experience in the healthcare business. That's what I did, continue to do to some degree. And that's an important point. So when I saw COVID-19 and what they going to happen with regard to pain, misery, fear in a big way, I really thought of two things at the time. I thought President Trump, now not everyone, loves him for sure. And uh, 
my opinion about him personally, but the one thing that seemed to be true about the Trump administration is if something was on their ra radar screen, they were good at getting it done. It got done. And yeah. so I thought, okay, you got Trump driving the tree and you've got the entire world healthcare system's gonna be focused on a solution for COVID and there's gonna be inexhaustible funds available to get the solution as quickly get it as done. possible, right? So I thought, great time to buy. The stock market took a pretty good dip. Great time to load up. And so I made that bet. And I thought the same was true with Sam, with Sam Bankman-Fried. This is going to be a blip. And in the long it wasn't long right for me to take the leap because I'm not super knowledgeable in crypto, but you and others like you would be. And so using that, my experience from COVID-19 as a parallel situation, then if I was 20, if I had been 20 or 30 something and had been in the situation with Sam, I would think, okay, what's going to happen is the crypto market's going to have a sale. I think I shall participate. 100%. A lot of these opportunities are, yeah, the long-term investment, personal, my investment strategy has been the same thing as when it's on sale. These are the times to buy when it's highly, you're up, you know, a thousand percent. Guess what? It's time to offload a little bit. It's not, it's a constant momentum shift. And, and again, that that's the kind of how I use it just to asking random people what their thoughts on crypto are from the average person's. When I start getting a bunch of texts rolling in, like, bro, how do I buy crypto? That's probably a good time to sell. And when everyone's like, oh my God, you must be absolutely devastated right now. I'm usually like, yeah, it's probably a good time to buy. <laughs> it's usually a good market. Yeah, but yeah, the whole idea there was definitely something um, didn't affect, just how you said in the beginning, just didn't affect the outcome of crypto. Bitcoin still works, exactly does its job. I say it doesn't it always do its job. Integrity. That's the, the big thing. There's no insult or attack on the, the, on the, the actual else. concept of it. Yeah. It, it has its, it's still a sound boat that is just cozy and slowly sailing on in the right direction. That's right. That's right. We have these problematic weather forecasts from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there's some turbulent weather out there, but quite right. That's, that's our show, everybody. Thanks for listening. We have another episode of Old Dog New Tricks. It's been a little while. We're going to try to keep these on a little bit more of a schedule now that we are got John back in the swing of things. Got him. All those hurricanes did him in, so we yeah, a had a lot of work to do. That's right. But we'll get back to you a little bit more frequently. Thank you for listening. Have a good All day. All right. I enjoyed it, Austin. Take care. Have a good one.